I wanted to announce a new partnership between Coaching You and Inner Zone Sports. You know, for a long time, one of the intangibles by coaches and athletes is team chemistry. And it's a major factor all the time in whether a team has success or failure. When the folks from Interzone came to me at Coaching You and said, we can even help your team, I was all ears. And what we did is we took a quick assessment, two to four minutes each person, and we were stunned by what we found out about ourselves and our team. You owe it to yourself to find out what Interzone can do for your team. It's the simplest and fastest and most accurate software available to measure team chemistry. I highly recommend, without any reservation, the use of Interzone with your team, whether you're a middle school, high school, college, or professional team, to help take you to the next level. For further information, go to coachingyoulive.com slash Interzone. That's I-N-N-E-R-Z-O-N-E. Hey, welcome to another podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir. So excited today. We got Chris Holtman, an Ohio State coach. And since Chris was at Butler uh, and when he went to Ohio State, I've been wanting to have him as a guest. Uh, got to meet him years ago at our clinic that we have in Florida. And so impressed, so impressed by him. And, and you will be too. Uh, you know, he's, you know, it's amazing. Uh, you talk about a coach that he's going to explain to you the, the process of not skipping steps about, you know, really going from the, the lowest position you can be in coaching all the way to one of the most significant and important jobs in America. And so he's going to talk about that 20 year process for him, which I think is all young coaches and even our veteran guys. We got to we got to make sure that you don't skip steps. It's a Brad Stevens saying it's one I really believe in. Uh, and unfortunately, a lot of times our young players and our young coaches want to skip steps. Uh, he was the coach of the year in the Big South Conference. He was the coach of the year at, when he was at Gardner-Webb. He was the coach of the year when he was at Butler in the Big East. Beat Jay Wright twice in one season at Villanova. And then last year, taking over the program in the middle of June, all of a sudden he beca- takes a team that no one knew where they were going to be, Number one team in the country was Michigan State. Number three team at one time, at most of the year was Purdue, and all. And we have a team in the finals in Michigan, <laughs> final game, and this guy's the Big Ten Coach of the Year. So I think you're really, really going to enjoy Chris Holtman. It's an authentic podcast done while he's on the road recruiting. I think he's on an expressway and at an airport half of the time. But I'll tell you what. The mind candy and nuggets that he shares with us are off the charts. So after a word from our partners, go back and hear Chris Holtman. Hey, let's take a second to tell you about one of our partners, Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish basketball shooting machines are the most high-tech and durable basketball shooting machines on the market today. Each shooting machine was designed specifically for high repetition training to allow players to improve through technology. Dr. Dish offers game-like training to give hundreds of shooting reps 
in just minutes and to provide powerful analytics to help players improve their game. Dr. Dish has also introduced Skill Builder, which is the first of its kind in basketball shooting industry that enables coaches and players to stay connected, design and upload training exercises that combine shooting, conditioning, and ball handling into one complete workout, and instantly receive feedback on their workout, allowing for real-time adjustments and improved performance. It is without question the most innovative basketball training machine on the market. It's been the official shooting machine of Coaching You for the last two years. To learn more about Dr. Dish, log on to drdishbasketball.com or follow them on Twitter at drdishbball. Chris, welcome to a Coaching You podcast. It's such an ex- We've been trying to do this since you were at Butler. I'm so excited to have you on and... You know, something I wanted to ask you since last year, because I know how much, you know, you love Butler. What an incredible job you did there. How hard was it and how hard was that decision that to leave such an incredible job and take the Ohio State position so late in the game in June of 17? Well, it's great to be with you, Brendan. Uh, I've always admired the work that uh, that you've done and, and uh, coaching you has done for coaches and um, like, like many coaches all over the country, you, I think all of us have went through, it's kind of like back when I was getting into coaching, all of us had went through a, a Don Meyer clinic at some point. Yes. You know, I think, I think the same is true um, of coaching you now for, for today's coach. Most all of us at some point have went through a, a coaching you clinic, and it's been really beneficial for, for a lot of us. Thanks so um, much. I tell you, it, it was a, it was an extremely difficult decision, and and I've you know I've spoken about it pretty openly. Yep. Um, and I was in a position that I loved with people that I I really uh, you know cared about, team that uh, we felt really good about moving forward, and a, a university that really supported and uh, really really supported myself, our staff, our program. As as the move to the Big East uh, happened in in the you know prior few years, really in, in Brad's last uh, the year before uh, Brad left, so everything was aligned perfectly. And as I've as I've said, when when this job came open, I told my wife, um, I hope they don't call. And and you know it was a it was not because I didn't have obviously a lot of respect for the position at Ohio State or the university, but I just knew I was going to be faced with a difficult decision. And ironically, the day I said that is the day that they called. Oh my gosh. How about that? You know, uh, how, you know, I, you know, and I've read a lot about this, Chris, how hard was it? You know, Thad was a terrific coach and a very popular guy. How hard was it? And a Butler guy too, at one point, right? Uh, how hard yeah, was yes. it? And how did you get about getting these you know, terrific kids at OSU to buy into a new coach so late in the game. A first day of a summer session, I believe, is when you got named or when you came to campus, you know? Yes. You, you know, uh, as you know, Brendan, it begins with, with if you have a couple great kids that are kind of the foundational key members of your of your team, um if you if, if you have a couple great kids, then they you know people tend to follow their lead. And in my case, um, and I think in our our staff's case, we had two seniors who 
uh, were t- our best players, and they were uh, guys that were terrific kids. And, and Brendan, they they loved Coach Mata. Uh, they were also frustrated with not playing in the postseason the prior year and and not getting to the NCAA tournament for the last couple of years. And, and just overall, the general, as, as I know Thad was, just kind of frustrated with the overall feel. And, you know, I've said numerous times, Thad Mott is going to go down as maybe the greatest coach in the history of the program. What he did in his tenure was mm-hmm. unmatched. Um, he had a, 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 in the middle of his tenure, he had a run that was, as good or better than any program in the country. And um, I think uh, for whatever reason, he felt frustrated towards the end. And I think our upperclassmen did as well. And I think that was the impetus in a way for, for us to say, okay, hey, we're going to do things maybe a little bit differently. I hope you're open to it, fellas. Uh, the buy-in uh, took some time, took a lot of uh, developing of relationships. Um, but it, it, it always began with, with, you know, a couple seniors that were open uh, to us as a coaching staff. That was the starting point. You know, I did a podcast after the final four with Porter Moser, and uh, we talked about buy-in. And uh, I told him, you know, one of my sayings was, you know, you know, your players have to believe in to get buy-in. How did that process work for you guys? A lot of relationship building, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think that started really intentional with our staff. Um, you know, building relationships and, and uh, spending time and heading out to lunch and having them over at my house and um, all the things that go into just being really intentional about building trusting, authentic relationships. Um, so that was kind of our beginning, our, our starting point, Brendan. And, and then I think after that, um, they needed to feel and sense that we could help them reach their goals and dreams. Yep. Um, you know, for, for Kata Bates Diop, he was a young man who had been injured throughout his career a little bit and was a kid who always had potential, but, you know, had some, had some moments, but didn't quite have the consistency that he had hoped to have, I think. And his family had hoped for him to have. Right. And he, and he had a sense that, hey, within the way that we play, uh, within how we're going to coach you and push you, we're going to help you reach your goals and dreams at the highest level. And I think once they started to sense that, both in our play collectively and then uh, in, in some individual play, I, I think, um, you know, Obviously, that helped, that reinforced. The same situation when I was at Butler on an interim situation. You know, at some point, you know, the reality is you're pl- when you come into a new situation, and particularly when I was the interim, sure. you know, at some point, your, your players have to sense that, that you can help them get to where they want to get to, certainly collectively as a team, but individually as well. Um, and... Um, I think that, that for us, um, you know, last year at Ohio state, we went through some rocky periods. We had lost nine games on the season. You know, a third of those were in the first two and a half, three weeks of the season. So it tested our, our belief a little bit. Uh, but, uh, you know, once we got through that, they really responded in a special way. 
The Big Ten is an incredibly tough conference, and to start, I think you started about nine and zero at least, right? In the conference, was it even more? Or we did, yeah. I, th- I think it was. You know what? My, I think it was nine and zero. Amazing. Before we lost to Penn State at home. Yeah, and and that was an insane ending of that game too, uh, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, when when stuff like that happens, that helps the the whole situation, but. Talk about, I think, you know, and when I was impressed when I watched you at the Florida Clinic a couple of years ago when you were at Butler, I really was impressed by your way you taught, your style of play, and explain to our listeners who, you know, as I was telling someone yesterday, just not all over the country, but frankly now all over the world, you know, we have coaches from 35 different countries countries that have bought our videos from coaching you this year so you're speaking to people in canada australia as well as throughout europe and, and obviously china but talk about your style of play at ohio state offensively and defensively well you know we we you know we want people to feel that when they play us that we're we're difficult to play that that uh there is a degree of of um uh, i think maybe physical and mental grind that you have to go through when when you're playing uh, one of our teams. I mm-hmm. think that's that's something we hope to have. Um, and uh, you know, for us, we've uh, you know we try to play aggressively and attacking on, on both ends. Um, you know, offensively, I think when I was at Florida, we talked a little bit about our transition game yep. and how that our transition game flowed into um, how we play off of misses and turnovers and long rebounds and. Uh, we have a family of set plays that will run consistently um, as well. I think, you know, we're trying to be really efficient offensively. Uh, we want to attack early. Um, if we can't score early, we want to be really efficient in our attack. And that was a, a growth area for us last year, particularly early, because we were not very efficient last year at Ohio State early. We finished, I think, top 20 in the country. Uh, defensively, um, you know, I, it's interesting because Butler had played in their system. I learned a lot just being there and then having a guy, Terry Johnson, on my staff who had coached under Brad Stevens for so many years, and he really handles a lot of our defense. And, you know, the Butler defensive system uh, is, is not the pack line, but there's certainly some, some similarities um, and some, some key uh, principles that, that are similar. Uh, but it's, uh, we've kind of, we've in a way, uh, tried to maybe meld those, those two ways of playing defensively. And that's how we're going to play defensively most of the time. You know, Chris, when in your last year at Butler, uh, you know, I believe you beat a, a Villanova when they were number one twice. We, we beat them. Uh, well, we sure were, did. We, yeah. Yeah. We beat them. We beat them at home at our place when they were number one in the country, um, which Butler actually did again last year. And then we <laughs> probably the, the most, uh, I don't know, it's tough. Last year we beat Purdue on the road when I think they were third in the country. We were at Ohio State in the year that, that fi- our final year at Butler, we beat Villanova. And I think they were either one, two, or three in the country. Yeah. But it was at, um, you know, their on-campus facility a nice, where they never nice lose. spacious place, yes. Yeah. <laughs> they never lose I mean, there. <laughs> never lose. You know, it's Jay's done an incredible job. Uh, I think he's 
I think he's he's maybe the best out there. He's certainly one of the best out there in terms of what he's done there. But we did go and win, and that was a special win for our guys to sweep a program like that. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Jay Wright. Uh, he seems to have the entire package as a coach, and you coached against him in the Big East. I've known him for years. Uh, the Renaissance man he is, uh, you know, the George Clooney looks, et cetera, the great yeah. impeccable dress. He's got the whole package, but you know, he's, he's very happy at a great school and stuff like that. Um, what makes him special as an opponent looking at him? Well, he's, he's hard not to like, even, yeah. even when, yeah. you know, even when, even when he's, uh, drilling your team, um, and, and their guys, you know, he's just a hard guy not to like, because I think you, you admire the way his teams play mm-hmm. and, uh, the way they, uh, both the, the toughness they play with, the, how together they are, how hard they consistently play. Um, and you know, it wasn't probably what was five or six years ago when Jay, um, you know, had all the questions about, uh, you know, when, you know, when were they going to advance beyond whatever the, the second round? And I thought he gave a great example for all kinds of coaches on how do you handle criticism? Uh, you kind of stare it right between the eyes and, uh, you know, you, you don't shy away from it. You say, hey, this is something we've got to handle. And I think in the next year is when they, when they beat Carolina in the championship, but he, it's uh, it's an incredibly um, impressive. I just think the, the the way that he runs his program, the belief that their players have, and the way that they play, Brendan, and you hear them talk about Villanova basketball, mm-hmm. um, and um, and it it speaks so strongly to what we're talking about: their buy-in, their belief in in doing things a specific way. That's really hard um, to get um, to get your your, your group uh, uh, believing at that level, but they, they, he has that, and uh, it's you know when it couldn't happen, I think he does it the right way. So yeah. we're, you're really happy for guys that succeed like that. Well, you know, when you were at Butler, and and you, you know, and, and and again, you go there, you leave, you know, a place that I know well in Gardner Webb as a head coach. That your program had really turned the corner. You had taken it from a really tough spot when you inherited it to then, you know, a 20, 20 plus win season. And now all of a sudden you decide to go and be a, an assistant. Share with our listeners the process of what you went through to why you did that. Well, it was, um, you know, that was another kind of critical decision in coaching that you, you're not sure if it's the right decision to make at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I had. So I had been at, at uh, Gardner-Webb as the head coach for three years. And after my first year, um, uh, Brad and I had a conversation. They had just come off, I believe, their second Final Four run. And um, Brad and I had had a conversation about uh, potentially joining um, me, joining his staff. Oh, wow. And, and that was a really, really difficult decision um, at the time. And I was so flattered that, you know, Brad and I had been friends and so, so flattered and seriously considered it. But I was just in my first year of a really significant rebuild at Gardner Webb. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had made a commitment to the president and the AD who hired me from Ohio university 
um, as an assistant, when I was an assistant, I just said, hey, I just don't think I can do it to those two guys in particular right now. Uh, even though at that time, Butler was still in the horizon, but they, again, had just come off back-to-back <laughs> final games. And you have, you know, Brad Stevens, who's, um, you know, as good as there is. He's, he's Jay Wright then, right? You yes. Know? Yeah. Yeah. He's just, and he's, and he's a, and he's a friend and he's as good as there is. And I'll never forget driving around in the parking lot. Uh, it was, it was in the spring of my first year at, uh, at the parking lot at the, at Gardner Webb and having this conversation with Brad. And again, he, we, I'd known him for a little while. So he was a good friend, but it still was a really hard conversation to have. And, uh, thinking, oh, this is the last time he's ever going to ask me, you know, to, <laughs> You know, when you only get asked once when uh, you got a job that is as coveted as that job is. So, uh, you know, fast forward a couple years and I was in my third year, completed my third year at Gardner-Webb. And we had, you know, we had helped really turn the corner, I think, had won the most games, 21 that they had won in the Division One era and finished second in the league. And our program was at a really good place. And Butler was moving to the Big East, and uh, I had conversations with Brandon Miller about uh, about potentially coming on staff, and actually got another call from Brad, <laughs> and, and uh, Brad said, uh, "Brad said, hey, listen, you you know, you're not going to do this again, right? You need to go." <laughs> so. Um, it's the Godfather calling you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of, uh, and and he's younger than me, but you know, I think people still look at him like that. Yeah. Uh, in that way, but um, yeah. So I, I just thought, hey, this is an opportunity for me, even though I'm really going to miss being a head coach, even though uh, I had great security at Gardner Webb and felt really positive. I just said, hey, to me, Butler is Butler. I would love to help Brandon make this transition into the Big East and uh, kind of serve him at the highest level possible as an assistant. Um, and that's that's what we tried to do in our, our year together. Oh, man. That, uh, and now uh, the unfortunate thing with Brandon has to step away from coaching for medical reasons, and that's something <laughs> you can't ever plan for anything like that. You know, uh, ha- had it, and you have a great AD, a basketball AD, and Coach Steve Collier. Uh yeah. How did that transition happen? How does he, you know, how did, how did that work? I mean, for you and, and the players obviously well, but how did that all go come down? Well, it was, as you mentioned, it was really, uh, it's, it's as unfortunate as anything yeah. you can experience in, in coaching mm-hmm. and, um, you know, working for a guy who, uh, is, is really good and really competent and, uh, Brandon is a terrific young head coach. Uh, we had a, we had a difficult first year in the Big East, but he, he handled it really well. And you mentioned it. Uh, Butler has an, an really, really special AD in Barry Collier. Barry, I'm sorry. And, and Barry is, you know, as you mentioned, as good a basketball, uh, AD as there is. And I, I think in general, his leadership skills are outstanding. And, he really helped us all navigate that uh, difficult time period of a couple months where 
uh, it was really tenuous, and we weren't quite sure where our program was headed. And and um, I was uh, recruiting in the Northeast at prep schools uh, when Barry called me. And I, you know, at that point, this was later into the the summer, and actually into the fall this time, uh, a few years ago. Uh, and Barry called and said, "Hey, I need you to come back to campus. Uh, I need you to." Uh, speak tomorrow. There was a pretty significant speaking engagement that was about to take place. And, uh, uh, you know, and then, and then we move forward with the interim uh, position and, and still waiting to see, you know, uh, at what point and kind of expecting Brandon to come back. Sure. Um, and obviously, unfortunately that, uh, that didn't happen. Fast Model Sports is the world's most versatile basketball coaching software to help power your preparation. Fast Model has developed the industry's best coaching software, including the number one play diagramming and playbook software, FastDraw. FastDraw bridges the gap between whiteboarding and the digital world with an incredibly easy-to-use interface that can be used on both your computer and your iPad, providing maximum portability for your own personal play and drill database. doesn't stop there. Along with FastDraw, they have other great programs such as FastScout, which I have used, which helps coaches create clean professional scouting reports customized for your team. Fast Model is trusted and used by every NBA team and WNBA team and 85% of Division I college teams and over 8,000 high school and youth teams from over 75 countries around the world. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 5,000 free plays and drills for their online coaching community. For access... To these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. Uh, now, so, you know, you had a ter- terrific year and you regrouped this program and everything like that. We talked about leaving and stuff. You've been in now at Ohio State for a year. What's the best things about, you know, being the head coach of the Buckeyes and Buckeye Nation? And what makes that university so special? Well, I think it's it's obviously a national brand, uh, as you know, and it's it's got great appeal from really coast to coast. There are so many Buckeyes that uh, I run into on a regular basis in the airport or wherever, and I get the OH, um, <laughs> and and uh, you know, I, I think I think the 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 kind of national appeal that a place like Ohio State has. Um, is really significant. I, I think our fans uh, make it pretty special as well, Brent. And I just think, you know, they are a fan base that, uh, you know, takes great pride in, in the scarlet and gray and um, are passionate about it. Certainly football uh, is the most um, prominent sport here. Uh, but men's basketball is, is one that's experienced great success through a number of coaches uh, most recently, Thad, obviously, and and uh, we're hoping we can get back to that to that point. We have a great uh, AD and Gene Smith who cares about basketball being successful, and um, you know, so far it's been good. We've, you know, we've got a work cut out for us. I think with with um, we need to continue to recruit well. We play in a great league with great coaches, but um, you know, Columbus is a great city, and Ohio State's 
a terrific place to be. Yeah, talk about the Big Ten, 14 teams in the conference, including yourselves. Uh, talk about that, uh, you know, the two uh, divisions, and you, because you, I think you're moving to a 20-game schedule, is that correct? Uh, we are. League yeah, schedule. we are. So talk about that whole thing. I think you have a great commissioner in Delaney, and, uh, you know, and really he's on top of his game, and a basketball commissioner, ironically, uh, you know, Talk about that and uh, the conferences, such as a basketball conference. Well, great basketball schools, great basketball programs. Uh, the, the, our, our, certainly football has been a really successful here uh, of late as well. But, uh, you know, big, large state universities um, that are great academic institutions, as, as, as well as tremendous uh, athletic environments. And I think our, our league right now uh, – you know, while we only got four teams last year uh, in the NCAA tournament, I think that uh, will change uh, significantly in the coming years. I just, I, I, you know, I'm sure most coaches in most leagues right now are looking at their league schedule uh, and saying, boy, there's, there, there are no easy nights. I think that's true across the country, but I certainly feel like that in the Big Ten. And we've got kind of an influx of new coaches. Recruiting is going exceptionally well. Obviously, Michigan was in the final game this past season. Uh, Michigan State was number one for most or large part of the season. So it's an exciting time for our league and challenging as well. Yeah, playing uh, those those teams uh, to coach against what I I feel are iconic coaches and you know Izzo, Matt Painter, you know uh, you know I I just think uh, John Beeline, uh, just you know to start out with. I mean, my God. Uh, you know, there's never never an off night, as you mentioned. Uh, you know, what's it like going against a guy like Gizzo up in East Lansing? Well, I told Tom when I coached against him last year, um, we only played him once. Unfortunately, that was at home, and they were, <laughs> they were number one in the country, and, and uh, we played really well. Uh, probably wasn't their best night. We were fortunate to win. But I told him, I said, you know, I used to study your – uh, championship sports uh, DVDs, and VHS tapes back in the day. You know, I was, it's like you look at my library right now and my coaching library. I've got, I've got some old, some old tapes of yours. So oh, I just crazy. told him I've always respected the way that he's run his program, uh, how he's coached the the young men in his program. He's always coached his his best players, and um, I told him how much I respected that, and that's true. Chris, you know, that's a big thing nowadays, you know, uh, about, you know, you mentioned Tom's a guy that's been around and has been at Michigan State his whole career and, you know, worked under tough guys. And, you know, he's really, he's one of my best friends for years. And, you know, when I was in Detroit with the Pistons, you know, he was an assistant coach to Judd. And so we've spent time all the way to when he got his job. And I think... Uh, the thing that, you know, we used to always joke about it, you know, because of his friendship with Mariucci, he coaches basketball like it's football, you know, a, a tough, demanding style. How do you think it is now to coach the IY generation, this young version of young people? We've gone through the millennials, they're the old timers now, those kids that are 35 and down to 25s or so. But what's this young group like of young people? You can't coach them the same way that you did before, right? No, I, I don't think you can. I, I think that's exactly right. I think I think that there has to be um, – they want a relationship. I think they, they, they need a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think uh, there is a way that you can communicate 
uh, to players that is maybe different. You know, um, when I played, you used to be able to kind of corporately together in a large group challenge guys uh, on a regular basis. And guys would respond. It was almost the expectation that, hey, that's that's what's going to happen. Guys are going to get called out individually within a group setting. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I think certainly some of that happens now. But I, I think there are that that is harder today for today's kid to respond to in the, in those moments um, when when they're together. And, you know, we I, again, I never. I never really thought of it, never crossed my mind when I was called out by my college coach in front of the rest of my team and kind of challenged, you know, but, but I I do think that there's, you know, that's not, certainly I do it. I'm sure other coaches do it. We do it. But I think there is a way in which you're speaking to guys nowadays that, that you got to be a little more aware of. Having said that, if you said to me, Hey, what is one of the things you believe in the strongest um, and it's why what I was kind of saying to Tom, it is the idea that in any good program, the best players always want to be coached hard mm-hmm. um, and 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 always accept hard coaching. You know, they just do that. That happens. Um, and and the programs or, or any team that I felt like that I've coached that maybe hasn't reached his potential. Uh, maybe the opposite has been true. There's been a resistance by the best players to accept and receive coaching. Uh, so uh, I think that's really important. You know, I had the pleasure to draft and coach for eight years, Doc Rivers, you know, when he came out of Marquette with yep. the Atlanta Hawks. And, and uh, so we've been friends for over 30 years. And, uh, you know, there at the birth of his son, Austin, and watched him, you know, grow. Uh, lived in Orlando with him for years. And all of a sudden, uh, when Doc's speaking at Coaching You this summer, he says one of the most profound things I've ever heard in coaching. And, and the whole, Doc's whole talk, Chris, was about, I, I said to him, you know, what do you want to speak on, Doc? Because he's a genius, I think. And he says, I want to talk to the coaches today about coaching and crisis management and coaching. I said, okay, no one volunteered for that topic. Okay. That's good. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. And, and so he, he talked about one of the hardest things he ever did in 20 years of coaching in the NBA was having to trade his son that summer. And wow. he's, and he was filling up with tears, you know, and, and his son's, you know, making like $13 million a year. Not many people would worry about it. My wife would get traded for $13 million a sure, year. You know? Sure, sure. And, so, and so he's talking about this. He said, but his son, my son taught me, he said, a great lesson of how to coach him, how to coach. So my advice to all of you is to coach every player like it's your son or your daughter. Yeah. He says, treat your players like they're your son and daughter. And that means you're tough yeah. with them at times. That means you don't get let them get away with crap, you know. But at the same time, love them to death every day. And I said, that and to me, it was so powerful. So as he finishes, I'm in tears. He's in tears. And I'm saying, great talk, you know. And it was, it was, it was a wonderful moment, you know, because it was from his heart. It wasn't, you know, and I, and I think that's the essence of where we got to get now in coaching. Be tough. Be demanding as as 
as as uh, Popovich says, be demanding but not demeaning, right? And and uh, and I thought that was a great lesson. Let me. It's a great you. way of putting it. It's yeah, a, it's, a, it's it's a great way of putting it, and it's a great reminder for for coaches that you know they are somebody's child, and uh, you know I think parents who give their kids to us to coach mm-hmm. they would they would want that to be the rule um tough love tr- but treat them as your own kids so do any of your guys at ohio state because they all do they any of them know that you were an all-american that you were a national champion when you played <laughs> in college or they don't give a shit i mean like what's, yeah. it, what's it, i mean like do you no. know you could probably whip I, half of your point guards when you took over i mean like come on yeah, no i you know what i've i've reached i've 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 went past the age of proving anything between the lines uh, when it comes to actually playing. Yeah. But uh, I did hop in a drill last year, um, a you know, the old knockout drill. We were in the oh, middle okay. of yeah. long, long practices. It might have been the stretch after uh, the Big Ten tournament, before the NCAA tournament when we had some practices. Um, so I, I jumped, um, jumped into a drill. And a knockout drill, and we we had, you know, we we were just kind of having fun with it. It was, I think, it was maybe even pre or post practice. Sure. And uh, yeah, we, I th- actually we did it just with our coaches. We did it just with our coaches. We have some pretty good players, Scooney Penn and some other guys. Yeah. On staff, so I won that drill. So I think at that point, it gave me just a little bit of street cred. Yeah, you with need our that guys. street cred. No, that's good. That's great. Uh, but I was going to send a memo to your guys and tell them how darn good you were because I love. <laughs> You know, I played at, you know, Division Two and Division Two, Three, and NAI basketball. It's phenomenal basketball. Great coaches. And people, kids don't know. You know, they think if you're not in Power Five, you know. But we yep. know that there's some fabulous coaches and stuff like that. Which leads me to, you know, you know, when you get out of Taylor and then you become a grad assistant there, talk about what our young coaches that listen that unfortunately I say this to them all the time you want to go from you know working in the office or as a manager to maybe one year of helping out then you're ready to go on staff full time uh, yeah. the process understanding the journey that you took from 97 98 when you were a grad assistant at your alma mater to like 20 years later you know becoming the head coach at Ohio State yeah, it, I, I tell you, it's interesting because I, I get asked about this a lot. Hey, coach, we want to kind of be where you're at. Yeah. Um, how does how do we go about doing that? And and I think the thing that I say to them and maybe remind them over and over is, which is I'm sure you do the same, is is that it's hard to skip steps in this business and then and then be really good at it. Um, you know, I've said that I don't think that I would have been a successful division one assistant when I was at Gardner Webb, my first division one assistant job, if I didn't have five great years of preparation at the NAI level at Taylor, uh, where, you know, one year I'm playing and, uh, I'm an all American the next year I'm washing the uniforms of my former teammate or my current te- or old teammates, uh, as a GA and, and sweeping the floor and, uh, you know, cleaning the offices and doing all the things and, you know, driving the, the, the bus to, to road trips and doing all the things that are required of that job. And I fortunately worked for a guy, uh, Paul Patterson, who explained to me that, hey, in this profession, um, 
there, there, there is great value in understanding that there is a process to this. And if you, um, skip the process, if you, uh, uh, dismiss it as, uh, as unimportant, then when you get to a point in your career where you've gotten some breaks and some good fortune and you're at a job that most people would covet and want, um, you may not be prepared as you, as you need to be to be successful in that moment. And I think for me that, you know, I've said, I don't think I would have been successful at Butler in our first year had I not went through three years of, of learning what it was like to be a head coach at a, at a school like Gardner Webb that's at a lower level, much lower level, and you have a lot of different things to require. But embracing those moments and those, those opportunities and the opportunities that you're currently in, they really do prepare you for what's next uh, if, you, if you handle that the right way. And that's – I was taught that early. I don't think I always did it as well as, you know, maybe I would have liked to, but I really have tried to stay committed to uh, really being good where I was at, and then hopefully that would prepare me for if another opportunity comes up. As my friend uh, Don Showalter says uh... – that was great mind candy, and uh, that was that's fantastic stuff. And uh, Chris, I can only tell you that uh, it was worth the wait, darn it, to get you on because <laughs> this was this was fabulous, and uh, I, I really appreciate you, and I value our friendship, and 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 I love the way you're coaching and the way what you're doing with young people and stuff. Uh, you are one of the rising stars in our business, and uh, Ohio State is incredibly fortunate to have you. And I can't wait to see in a couple of weeks when I'm up in Columbus uh, at our coaches clinic for the state up there. So that'll be fun. So thanks so much for joining us. Looking forward to it, Brandon. It was great, great being with you. I'm glad we could do it. Okay. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Hey, thank you, Chris. Uh, amazing coach. Great guy. Uh, so thrilled we got him on. Uh, and he is special. Uh, just want to remind uh, all of our coaches, uh, We've taken the videos from 2017, 25 videos, which were very highly priced because there were 25 of them, and we've just lowered them to 249. Uh, 2018 videos, 249 for 15, 10 NBA coaches, etc. cetera. Uh, but I think, and now you can get individuals from 2018, uh, any of the people, if you want to, you know, an Ed Ray Messina, you want a Billy Donovan, you, you know, you want an Eric Spolster, et cetera. You know, you just uh, can order individuals for $25. So uh, the easiest thing to do is to go to coach our website, coachingyoulive.com, press videos, and you can order anything that you want. Okay? So listen, till next week, this is the coach, Brendan Sir. 